If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show. Okay, now, what do we have on tap for this hour? Well, I will get to some emails and stuff. We're going to talk about illegals and medical care. There's actually a connection there. Cancer going way, way up in young people. That's freaking horrible. We'll discuss that. I want to discuss something else first, though. If you've been paying attention, and I've been bringing you a bunch of audio from it, to the World Economic Forum meetings that are going on right now in Davos, you will notice a fairly consistent theme throughout many of them. They are the world's elites are all out there complaining about disinformation and misinformation. We've got to control disinformation. We've got to control misinformation, the misinformation, the disinformation. That's what they're most concerned about very, very clearly. They're almost all discussing it. Well, remember something. There's a reason we call it the system. Let's pause on this for a moment and talk about the system. All the institutions now, not just in America, but internationally, really, they all work with each other with each other they're supposed to be a check on each other you know the media is supposed to be a check on the politicians hollywood's supposed to be a check on the education's a check on the no, no more checks now that the same evil cultural marxist ideology religion has taken over all of them they have figured out they just work together and then they can dominate everything that's the system there's a reason messaging is so international now. What America's media, America's politicians will say, you will hear politicians saying in Germany. You'll hear the media saying in France. You'll, the, the messaging is the same. They've been saying disinformation, misinformation at the World Economic Forum. Here's a headline from today, NBC News, right here in America. Disinformation poses an unprecedented threat in 2024, in the U.S., is less ready than ever. But that obviously doesn't make sense. What are they talking about? What are they worried about? Because I know what you're probably saying right now. Disinformation? Oh, you mean like this? Vaccination not only prevents you from acquiring uh, severe illness, uh, but it we now know uh, with certainty that it... Uh, largely prevents transmission. My gut feeling is, is that these vaccines prevent infection and therefore will prevent transmission. But to see actual data like the one that is coming out of Israel, which has a significant number of their population already immunized, it's really reassuring. And I think having a vaccine that prevents transmission is really critically important. This is some of the best news we've had in a long time in, in the coronavirus pandemic. The idea that this is not just a vaccine that... Yeah, forget about that. You remember it all. The Hunter Biden laptop is rushing. You remember. Okay, so so what are they really talking about? They're not worried about disinformation or misinformation. 
our politicians, our media, our health care, our everything. That's, that's their bread and butter. Disinformation, misinformation is the gas they put in their vehicles, even though they all drive electric. So why, why go with this? What messaging are they doing? Well, an important part of this headline is not the beginning. Disinformation poses an unprecedented threat. That's the important part you need to take away. This almost, this echoes almost exactly, and in some cases it does echo exactly what they're saying at the World Economic Forum. An unprecedented threat. Here's the truth about the unprecedented threat. Actually, Chris, if you wouldn't mind, there's an article that just popped into my head. I should have had you print it before this segment, but I don't plan things out ahead of time. Philip Bump with the Washington Post wrote an article either today or yesterday talking about why too much information is actually bad for you. You shouldn't have access to so much information. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Just grab me the headline and bring it to me. But why are they all saying this? Well, you remember we played Klaus Schwab for you talking about mistrust and distrust and how people don't trust the elites and we have to, that they don't trust us anymore. We have to get the trust back. Remember what we also talked about. That they're not going to try to earn our trust back by being transparent, by being apologetic in the ways they've lied and failed. That doesn't, that's not in their nature. They're not going to do that. So if you're not going to do that, how are you going to earn trust back? Well, you have to shut people up. You have to do what communists have done since the beginning of communism. You have to suppress any information you don't like. But... When you're trying to earn the trust back of the people, and at the same time you want to censor the people, how are you going to merge those two worlds together? Well, it's very, very simple, and you're going to see this all over the place now that I'm telling you. You're going to see it everywhere. They intend to earn your trust back by censoring you for the greater good. Headline from the Washington Post, doing your own research is a good way to end up being wrong. You see, there's a reason NBC News called disinformation an unprecedented threat. What the elites of the world are doing, what the system is currently doing, is they're making you have the you having the freedom of speech, the freedom to research your own things, they're making it a national security threat to justify stomping it into the ground. This is going to, it's going to go dangerous places. It's going to involve so much more censorship in the social media realm. These people really, really, really despise social media. The American media would love to go back to the day where the only way you could get your news is tuning into one of three networks at night and picking up the Washington Post in the morning. They hate the fact that you have separated yourself from them and that you gather news now from different sources, radio, different writers, podcasts, whatever the case may be. You're out there gathering your own information. And to them, that is the height of danger. You being informed, you having access to true information, 
That's what they fear the most. And that's why the elites are all beating that drum now. Disinformation, unprecedented threat. Don't do your own research. Whatever you do, don't look into things. Oh my gosh, there's so much misinformation out there. That's why they're talking about it. They're going to try to pass international law. They're already trying to pass domestic law here in America. We already have had the Biden administration, Hillary Clinton beforehand, working hand-in-hand with social media companies to shut you up. Remember, remember this. The Federal Bureau of Investigation, they had possession of Hunter Biden's laptop before the election. They hid the laptop. They hid it. They stashed it so no one could see it. And then they found out through a wiretap on Rudy Giuliani that the New York Post was getting ready to break a story on Hunter Biden's laptop. And your FBI, the federal law enforcement arm, went to social media companies and told them it was Russian disinformation and they should censor the story, and the social media companies did. To the extent the New York Post, one of the oldest publications in America, they eliminated their social media account, suspended it for some time. That's a good point, Chris. That same FBI, they found out a journalist had Ashley Biden's diary, Joe Biden's daughter, and in this diary, She made some very damaging accusations against Joe Biden. The FBI went and kicked down the door of the journalist. These people are dead serious. They think you, knowing things, learning the things they try to keep hidden, to them, that is the ultimate national security threat. And they intend to tackle it in a national security way. That's why they use the FBI. Always a justification. Always doing counterterrorism and things like that. That's who these people are. All right. Before we get to the cancer diagnosis rate being way up, I'll take some calls later on. Don't call Don't call yet. I'm not quite ready yet. But I do want to dig into a couple emails because, of course, tomorrow is Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And we have to clear out some emails to make room for all your questions. Whole show. It's all dedicated to you and your questions tomorrow. Whatever you email in to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Now, we need to talk about some cultural issues with me, Cultural Jesse. And we're going to dig into that in just a moment. It is the Jesse Kelly Show on an Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. And we're going to get back to the Ask Dr. Jesse questions in a moment. I have to do something really quickly today because there is... A little bit of a story internationally. Here's the setup for it. You know the Houthi rebels in Yemen have been screwing up international shipping. They've been screwing up our shipping. The Biden administration has done little to nothing to them. They just let them go forever, just kind of hoping they go away, but they didn't go away. They didn't go away, and then we decided we'd launch 73 airstrikes against them. And that obviously didn't work because we only killed five people. And the attacks have really only increased since then. Joe Biden, because he's not in control of his mental facilities, admitted, yeah, these attacks aren't doing anything. The audio is really bad, so I'm not going to play it for you. So the president admitted the attacks didn't do anything to dissuade the Houthis. 
let's go to a little audio cut. Someone asked John Kirby about that, and there's just there's a hard there's a hard talk. I think we should probably have here. It is. President Biden admitted yesterday that the retaliatory strikes against the Houthis aren't working. Why aren't they afraid of the U.S.? Well, you have to ask the Houthis uh, what's in their mindset. I'm not going to get uh, in between uh, the, the ears of uh, Houthi leaders. Um, they claim it's about Gaza. It's not. Uh, they claim that uh, this is some sort of, you know, uh, Okay, stop. US I don't care. And, I, don't, I, don't, I don't care. I don't care. That, that. Well, you have to ask the Houthis why they're not, not afraid. Well, let me explain something, not just to John Kirby, not just to the left, to all Americans. Americans... America is a good country, has been a good country, a country full of good, charitable history. Our, our history when it comes to charity and doing good is wonderful. The people of this nation are wonderful. And as such, we like to see ourselves as the good guys at all times. The problem with that point of view is this. Oftentimes, good guys have to do what's considered today bad things. That's the truth of it. And here, here's what I'm talking about. The Houthi rebels, a bunch of jihadis who hate America. You have to kill them. You have to make them afraid. They understand force. But Americans have no appetite for conquests or lessons like that. Uh, it's a good example. You ever, we've talked about this before, so I'm not going to go over the whole story, but Julius Caesar crossing the Rhine. It's a very famous story throughout history. Historic geeks will know it. Other people won't. Here's what you need to know. Caesar was in Gaul. He was in France. Caesar was in France. He was busy pacifying France, if you will. He was conquering France. And he had a bunch of allies, tribes that were allied to Caesar in France. And the allies came to him and they said, Caesar, these Germanic tribes keep crossing the Rhine and they're coming over here and they're killing us. They're raping, they're pillaging, they're, they're, they're hurting us. Caesar, make them stop. And Caesar said, okay, I'll make them stop. Then he went over to the Rhine and it's a famous story. He built a bridge. I think it was 13 days. I'm not looking at it right now. 13, it was like nine to 13 days, something, something real short. No construction equipment. He built a bridge across the Rhine and he went across the Rhine. Now, what did he do there? Well, he killed a lot of people. He burnt villages to ash. He crucified people, put people to death. Now, you can say, oh, that's bad, and it's horrible, and we shouldn't do that. That's fine if that's what you want to say. But you should understand, Caesar went back across the Rhine, burned the bridge to the ground to show the Germans he could build it any time he wanted and the Germans never crossed it again. Houthi rebels or anybody on the planet, they don't learn lessons when you give them a heads up that you're about to airstrike something so they can get everyone out in time and you fire an airstrike that doesn't kill anybody. Americans lack the appetite for lessons that will actually work. So we've fallen in love with half conquest. We think that an airstrike, it sounds so clean, doesn't it? No, 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 no. We're being attacked. Let's launch a missile over there. And, and we'll blow up a, a factory. That'll teach them. 
These people don't learn lessons from burnt down factories. You want the Houthi rebels to stop? Identify five cities where they're supported and raise the cities to the ground. The Houthi rebels will never attack another American ship. Does that sound unappealing? Because understand what comes with that. You've just created a refugee crisis. Innocent people will die in the course of raising the cities to the ground. Are you ready for that? If you're not ready for that, then the attacks won't stop. You see, this world is not clean and simple and easy. It is vicious and it is violent. And we have been softened by living within a very safe country, safe from all these outside attacks. You must make these people feel pain. And an airstrike doesn't do it. So they're not going to stop. Of course they're not intimidated. All right, back to the question. Adding somebody to Mount Rushmore. Putting your money where your morals are. And much more. Hang on. If you could add one more person to Mount Rushmore, who would it be? Oh, well, that's easy. Oh, he says you can't choose yourself. Oh, that's more difficult. Uh, Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson, underrated. Andrew Jackson actually took on corruption in this country. And Andrew Jackson fought in the Revolutionary War as like a 14-year-old, was taken captive, still wouldn't bow to the British. That's why he had a scar on his head. He wouldn't shine a British officer's shoes whenever America needed somebody. War of 1812, go look up Andrew Jackson and the stuff he did. They teach you in school that he's the, the height of all evil, the trail of tears. Andrew Jackson was a lion and a patriot. And this country, speaking of good and bad, this country was built by men like that, not your namby-pamby history teacher who told you that he's just a trail of tears. Jesse, watching your show from Thursday, I heard you read an email about not wanting someone to pay taxes, or about someone not wanting to pay taxes. The vast majority of people who are crying about paying taxes are still sitting back funding these commies, non-essential businesses. They think they're ready to go to prison, but they aren't willing to give up the NFL and Facebook and Nikes. It's sad and disappointing how ignorant the American people have become. His name is Frankie. Okay, um, okay, that is fair. That's very fair. I will, however, say this. I don't know, maybe I'm just super merciful today. We have to inform our family and friends. We have to inform our norms and normas about the things that they fund. Now, once you inform them, if they still keep going, then screw them. They're wrong. But, man, I don't know about you. I still make mistakes all the time. Uh, it was a couple months ago. It was during that Bud Light controversy. It was that six months ago, however long it was. But everyone was finding out, oh, my gosh, Bud Light's this horrible, soulless company. And we had this big neighborhood party. And I thought, okay, well, we had to, we were assigned to bring the beer. We had to bring beer. So I ran out of the gas station. I admit I don't buy a lot of beer anymore. I knew I didn't want to buy any Budweiser or Bud Light. So I just grabbed Coors. Thought, okay, well, I don't want to buy Bud. Let's just get Coors. And came in. I got the Coors Light. And I was crucified. Coors, Coors is just as evil as Bud, if not worse. Pride parades the worst. I didn't know. I do this. I didn't stop to look it up, which I should have done. I admit that, but I didn't know. Many Americans don't know. They don't understand. We, we who are hyper informed, that would be you. We don't 
really truly grasp how uninformed Norm is. Norm doesn't have any idea. Now, sadly, most of the norms, they also don't want any idea. If you start talking to them about, well, I mean, you realize the NFL hates the country, right? And all the players you're cheering for today, they were all kneeling for the flag and talking about how bad the country sucked like two years ago. Norm doesn't want to hear that. I don't care. It's playoffs. Woo! So, look, that's obviously a problem. It is. We all need to be better about putting our money where our morals are, myself included. Finger pointed firmly this direction. I'm getting better. I'm being better. Either way, Dr. Jesse, I'm confused. I hear a lot of people talking about who Trump should or will pick for his VP. So far, I've heard Christy Nome, Tulsi Gabbard, and the Huckabee chick. What's happening? Is it a given the VP has to be a female? Are people so shallow that they won't vote for a candidate unless they have a woman picked for VP? Personally, I think Trump and DeSantis are still friends. He'd be the obvious choice. How about you? Okay. The Trump-DeSantis thing is not going to happen, so set that aside. It's just not going to happen for a variety of reasons. Are people so shallow? I, You know what? We just had that talk about the Black National Anthem. Remember we just talked about that? What was that, a couple minutes ago? We just talked about the Black National Anthem. And I had a conversation with a friend once, and he is a friend. He's a black guy. That's going to matter for the purpose of our conversation here. And I, we weren't arguing, but I was disgusted about it. He would brought it up, and he, clearly he wasn't. And I was disgusted about it, and I told him I was disgusted that now there are two national anthems. And... He started defending it. Ah, you're making a big deal out of this. It's not a big deal. It's a worship song. He was doing all this other stuff. And so I remember, I remember it like it was yesterday. I asked him, I asked my buddy, I asked him, I said, be honest with me. Do you feel like black people should have their own national anthem? And I could tell by the look on his face right away, the answer was yes. And he kind of knew he got caught, so he kind of did the kind of pulled back thing. He's like, uh, that's not really what I'm saying. That It was exactly what he was saying. Let me tell you the truth about humanity. This black, white, men, women. The truth about humanity is people want to be pandered to. I personally don't, and that makes me abnormal, but people like pandering they want to be pandered to it is one of the most difficult things about running for office it actually frustrated my campaign staff to no end when i was running for congress i i have always hated pandering and i absolutely refused to ever change what i was wearing i believed in a suit and tie now sometimes if it was super hot or something i'd take my coat off or take my tie off but no matter what I viewed me as being very young running for Congress, which I was. I was like 26 at the time. I wanted to make myself appear older and more mature, and I liked wearing a suit. I thought it looked professional, and so I wore a suit everywhere, no matter where I was, whether it was a cowboy event or whatever. I was in a suit at all times, and whenever I had one of my campaign guys, the salty old guys, they would say, no, 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 you got to get a cowboy hat on. And I'd be like, No, I don't wear a cowboy hat. I'm not doing that. And he would say, but you're going to talk to ranchers. 
and they want to see that. And I would I would get right back. At, I don't give a crap. I'm not pandering to anybody. But they explained, and they weren't wrong. People love to be pandered to. They do. Whatever your belief system is, you love to be told by the person who's running for office that they uniquely know what you're going through and they care. But why do you think all these politicians lie about it all the time? All the time. Remember that weird story with Joe Biden being lifeguard in a black pool? It was at a pool where all the black kids swam. It was such a weird story to you and me. It looked so weird. It sounded so weird. But he's had a lifetime of lessons. It's taught him that people, all people, they love to be pandered to. Women in politics are no different. Women, men, black, everybody. They just like it. That may not apply to you individually, but it applies to most people. All right, we have so much we have to get to. We're going to talk a little bit more about China's manufacturing capacity. Talk about the. You want to do a little brief history? A little Nanping, Nanjing, Nanking talk? That'll be a little ugly. I'll make that real fast in a, in a moment before we do that. I saw a report out yesterday about a major organization, charitable organization. They're getting busted right now. Why are they getting busted? Because people started digging into their finances and they found out all the leaders of the organization are getting rich. They're sending you lovely emails. Hey, please save the puppies. And then they're taking your money and it's all going to Learjets and mansions. Well, I talk to you about Tunnel to Towers all the time and I already know you want to take care of widows and orphans. Have you ever looked up Tunnel to Towers? Have you ever looked up their charity rating? 95 cents of every dollar goes to the widows and orphans. That is an absurd number. You can't hear that. You can't find that anywhere else. Tunnel to Towers cares. The money goes where you want it to go. Care for the families of fallen first responders, of gold star families. 11 bucks a month is what they ask for. T, the number two, T.org. T2T.org. We'll be back. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Don't worry, we still have an hour, more than an hour left here on the Jesse Kelly Show. Also, remember, if you miss a minute of the show, even a single second, you'll die. You need to download a podcast of it on iHeart, Google, Spotify, iTunes. Ah! Also, all right, let's get to some emails. Jesse, Oracle Jesse, I listened to your segment on Chinese shipbuilding capacity and the gutting of American manufacturing, and it hit home for me. I grew up in Northeast Ohio. I experienced this gutting through the 90s and 2000s. Week after week, news about plant closings and downsizings. Bethlehem Steel, LTV Steel, Delphi Automotive. It's funny he brought that up. I actually still have a little pen knife. My dad gave it to me, I think, when I was six or seven years old. It had Weirton Steel on it. Ohio, it doesn't matter. It's, it, it's awesome. Whatever. This list is just the tip of the iceberg. Globalization and Chinese competition killing the once thriving manufacturing industry of Ohio and much of the Midwest, and there has not been a real political fallout. Well, this is part of this is part of why I say we have a people problem. And hear me out here. Why has there been no political fallout? 
the American people have time and again proven to these political elites that they're not going to be informed on the issues and they're not going to punish them when they sell us out. What these politicians, Democrat and Republican, have done to the once booming Midwest is criminal. What they've done in Michigan, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Wisconsin. But, you know, you know, blue collar jobs in this country working at a plant when I was a kid was something not only men were understandably proud of, they had homes with it. You had a single family home. Was it a mansion? No. But it was a nice home. I spent a lot of time in them. It was all my dad's friends. It was a home. You had two cars. Was it a Lamborghini? No. But you had two cars. The kids had new shoes for school. Working at a plant was a mark of honor. And it was something that you, that you grew up and you could do that for a living. And now you just don't hear about that as much anymore because we gutted them all. We sold all our businesses to China. We let the environmental nut jobs take everything over. And we haven't punished the politicians who did this to us. It's awful how free these people feel to abuse us. Hey, look, you can say, well, Jesse Kelly, Jerry Nadler's from New York. One public comment like this should have you quaking in your adult diapers, which Jerry Nadler wears, with your quaking for your power. Jerry Nadler should have uttered these words and immediately thought, oh, my gosh, my seat in Congress is going to be gone. And we need immigrants in this country. Forget the fact that, the, that our, our, our vegetables would rot in the ground if, it weren't, if they weren't being picked by many immigrants, many illegal immigrants. The fact is that the birth rate in this country is way below replacement level, which means our population is going to start shrinking. And the ratio of people on Social Security and Medicare is going to increase relative to the number of people supporting them. we got to have the illegals. Who's going to pick fresh strawberries? The people in his district, whatever their party, should be so mortified to be represented by Rumpelstiltskin. They should run him out of office. But he knows he's safe. He lays his head down on his pillow at night, and the first thought that goes through his head is, did I poop my pants again? But the second thought is, I know I never have to leave Congress, ever. That's sad, man. You know what's sadder than that, even? Honestly, it breaks my heart. People who don't own gold or silver yet. You know, on a long enough timeline, you know you're going to need it, right? Need it. Not want it. Need it. And even if you don't, your kids will. Or even their kids. The beauty of gold and silver, not only does the value last, it doesn't go stale. It doesn't go bad. This is non-perishable. When you acquire gold in your physical possession, you're acquiring wealth the evil men of the world can't touch and destroy. How many things can you say that about? If you tell them I told you to call, they'll take special care of you. I promise. Just call them. I send my own dad there. Call them. 833-995-GOLD. All right? 
995 gold. Jesse, have you ever talked about Japan and the slaughter of Nanping? I've actually never heard it called Manping. I've heard it called Nanjing, and I've heard it called Nanking. Never heard it called Nanping, but look, I don't speak Chinese yet, so maybe I'm just saying it wrong. Now, I have heard about it. I know quite a bit about it, actually. It's one of those horrific things. And I will tell you, this is full disclosure, one of the reasons I have read about uh, what's known as the rape of Nanking is because I'm a history buff, and not not specifically the history of that. Have you Have you ever wondered what it would look like to watch an ancient army sack a city? Whether it's an Assyrian army or a Mongol army or a Roman army or whatever, pick your army. It doesn't matter. Look, the Crusades, the Christian army sacking a Muslim city, a Muslim army crash, crash, uh, sacking a Christian city, the fall of Constantinople, right? one of the major events in all of history. What did it look like? How did it go? I know the sacking of a city would be so horrific to my eyes, and I'm a pretty jaded person, and I've seen some pretty rough things in my life. And I know it would be so jaded, it would be so horrific to my eyes that I would probably have to look away. I'd probably have to cover my eyes and ears because it would be difficult to see. I mean, my goodness, the Roman general who sacked Carthage sat and wept while it was being burnt. This is a Roman general who kills people. So it's ugly, right? The sacking of a city is ugly. But I've always wanted to know, and it's something we'll never know. What did it look like? What did it sound like? How does it go? How is it for the invading army? How is it for the people inside? What is it like for the men? The women, God forbid, the women, the children. What is it like to sack a city? I have learned the things I've learned about the rape of Nanking because it is the modern day filmed version of a medieval sacking. We'll talk about that next.